It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. According to today's guest, Sarah Cannell, recent reports show women-owned businesses are the highest contributors and creators of new jobs in 2022. In her new book, The Science of Getting Rich for Women, Sarah shares how she went from struggling to make $20,000 per year to earning a multi-seven-figure-per-year business. Sarah is a best-selling author and founder of Thought Leader Academy, where she helps coaches, writers, and entrepreneurs become best-selling authors and in-demand speakers. She has been featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, Good Morning America, The View, Fox, and TEDx. Her writing has appeared in The New York Times, Forbes, Good Housekeeping, and Parenting. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Sarah, your new book is entitled The Science of Getting Rich for Women. How did you get started doing this type of work? Yes, well, I had no intention of writing a money book. So this is a, as I call it a surprise baby for any of you writers out there that you, you know, suddenly uh, a, a new book swoops in. And um, I, I write a lot on personal growth, thought leadership, the power of story, um, all kinds of other related topics to thought leadership. However, um, what happened is that I read that statistic uh, at the end of 2021. It was, it was around Thanksgiving, and the study came out from Oxfam that said women had lost this $800 billion. I thought that had to be a typo. So I went and looked it up, and it was, in fact, accurate. That was billion, not million, which would have been bad enough. And I really, um, I don't know, something came over me, and I started thinking about my own journey and what I teach in our Thought Leader Academy, which is not only how people can write the best-selling book and get out speaking and TEDx and these wonderful things, but how to turn that mission into also um, a, a, a mission that contributes to you and your family and your lifestyle, that you get to be a prosperous writer, not a starving artist, right? A prosperous thought leader or healer or coach instead of um, struggling. And and that mission is so important to me because I had really disempowered myself as a woman and, and, and a human being around money thinking that um, I, I didn't know how to earn it. I didn't deserve it. I wasn't capable. All the things that we can kind of make up. And I just felt this, um, I felt compelled. I'll use that word. I felt compelled to bring forth what had helped me break through all those inner and outer glass ceilings mm-hmm. and have been helping my clients in the last few years and put that together in a book to help women make a comeback. So tell us a little bit more about what it was that you did. You were struggling to earn $20,000 a year. How do you turn that into yeah. a seven-figure income? It's something we all try right? to do. So what did you do and what are we doing wrong? Yeah, well, and, and definitely none of us are doing anything wrong. If we are doing anything wrong, it's pathologizing ourselves and beating ourselves up like I did. I would walk into my accountant's office, um, you know, at the end of the year, then, you know, it became virtual, and it was a day filled with shame. I, I felt I felt horrible because he would say, wow, you know, 
you really don't make any money or you're not going to have to pay much taxes. And it was just, I felt so disconnected because I knew that I was a, a, a smart person, a resourceful person, a hardworking person, and I couldn't make anything happen in the realm of finance. I was doing work that I felt called to do and on purpose to do. I was getting results with people. So one of the things that I, if I, you know, if I was going to say, I would love us all to not tell ourselves we're bad or wrong in any way. But one of the mistakes that I was making is thinking that I could figure it out on my own. I really did. I thought, you know, I went to college. I, you know, I'm a smart enough person. I should be able, right, to figure out how to um, attract clients or uh, create a program or market things. And and that just wasn't true. I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my family. People have very traditional jobs in the government or doctors, whatever. And um, my family thinks entrepreneurship, sometimes I feel like they think it means unemployed, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, that there's a a correlation. So one of the mistakes was, was trying to do it on my own. And what changed almost everything was Um, I kind of joke in the book calling uh, like the song in Hamilton, getting in the room where it happens. And I will not torture any of you listeners by singing it. But um, if if you know that song in that particular musical, the idea is that there are people out there who are doing what we want to do, whether it's earning a million dollars a year or founding a philanthropic organization or writing a New York Times bestseller. There are people who are doing what we want to do. They've done it. And success leaves clues. So the antidote to this doing it on my own was starting to read about, learn about what are people who are doing what I want to do, being successful writers and thought leaders, what are they doing? And one of the things they were doing is they had mentors or they had coaches or they were in some kind of community where they were receiving mentorship and, and inspiration and, you know, other people kind of cheering them along, accountability. So that was that was one really big piece. And then I think a huge inner mindset piece that I do work on every day and work with my clients on every day is truly looking at our unconscious beliefs. I have an equation in the book that says to have this rich life or whatever that means for any individual person. If you want to have a multi-million dollar year business, the easiest way to find out why we don't have it is to write down all the reasons and fears that we have why it won't happen. And that list Um, that list is what's standing in the way of each of us earning and receiving that financial abundance that we desire because we might have been told we're bad with money or that pursuing money in my family, I felt like it was, um, we were raised in a religion that I felt any interest in financial things, material things was sinful, Mm -hmm. you know? So I had really big resistant. I was saying, I want to, you know, be a contributor and earn money in my business. But I had all these beliefs that, that, caring about money was bad, that, that it was unspiritual, that um, I didn't deserve it. I also had trauma. And something I write about in the book, and Joan, I don't know if you find this with people, but so many, um, so many women that I coach, and this was true for me, have let traumatic things that happen in their childhood or young adulthood limit their ability to earn. And what I mean by that is like I was uh, sexually assaulted as a child and it's unfortunately something that, you know, I know is very, you know, it's certainly not unique. Many of us have had an experience like that. And the problem is that not only does that create all kinds of, you know, challenges and and pain and uh, work to do on all levels, but I didn't ever look at the correlation between earning and there was just this message inside that I, I wasn't clear until I did the work I take people through in the book, which was, I believed that I was a bad person and deserved nothing good. I mean, what a horrible thing for a child to take. I was eight years old 
you know, the, the blame did not lay with me, but I took it on. Like this thing happened and it must have been my fault. And so I'm, I'm worthless. I'm defective. And when that narrative is running unconsciously, it is a money blocker. And, and I'm really fascinated, um, and I'm doing my own research now on the correlation between trauma and earning. And what I'm finding so far is that there's a huge correlation. Trauma is one issue, but anyone who has any type of self-esteem issue or feeling mm. that you know she's not worthy, that is absolutely yeah. going to be a block. But the problem is we don't even know that we think that way. Exactly. It's, it's happening below the surface so much. I didn't, if someone asked me when I was 30 and said, do you feel unworthy of anything good in your life? I was like, no, what are you talking about? But I did. I really did. And so we devoted a whole section of the book. I brought in four female neuroscientists because I'm very interested in the way the brain and subconscious mind play into um, wealth and abundance. And we had you know these women come in who practice different modalities that help people shift those negative unconscious beliefs and kind of reprogram for abundance and worthiness and and really um, go through the work because the great part is everything can be revised whether it's a self-esteem issue that happened because of you know it could be anything you know we were we were called stupid or we were told something about our appearance wasn't right or we experienced racism there's so many things that can play in on that unconscious level to us thinking we don't deserve it we can't have it and the great part is that everything's revisable and we get to go into the blueprint and revise those beliefs. And when that happens, you put the right strategies with a positive mindset and you're truly unstoppable. That's my experience. I see people in my practice who are absolutely stuck like I was and they are now earning beyond what they ever thought possible. And it doesn't feel hard. That's the other exciting part. It's not about hustle and struggle. And in the science of getting rich for women, we are not about hustle, right? Mm -hmm. It's about, it's more about aligning our mindset with strategic actions that are um, honoring of our time and our well-being, and then and then letting that abundance unfold. And it really does. So don't go it alone. Uncover subconscious beliefs. What are a few other things that we should be doing that will make a big difference? Yeah. So uncovering the beliefs is, is a re- really good first step and then making sure to release them. So I share um, four practices in the book that I love, including uh, EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, hypnosis. There's lots of lots and lots of ways, but making sure we're kind of um, like we brush our teeth, we're being hygienic you know, about our beliefs around, around money and, and ourselves and our worth. And then once we release them, then um, I really love this, uh, I think of it like a game, um, and identifying what the new vision you have for yourself. Let's say someone is listening and says, I want to do, I want to make, I want to be a million dollar a year um, thought leader. And so from, from that moment forward, every day in the morning saying, you know, not what do I feel like doing? What do I uh, think is possible for me? But instead stepping into that new identity, that new vision and saying, what does the seven figure a year thought leader do next? What does she do today? And this is a neuro-linguistic programming technique, honestly. I think it comes originally from that tradition, but we don't have to label it as anything. It simply allows us, it goes back to the idea that to have a new result, we get to be a new way. And being the new way, because the me struggling to make 20000 a year is going to make very different decisions on a given day than the seven-figure CEO. So even last year, which was our first, you know, seven-figure plus year, I just woke up every day and said, what does the seven-figure CEO do today? And that meant hiring more people, which felt really scary because I felt, can I afford it? Will I be able to, you know, 
grow the business and pay for this. It meant um, it meant reaching out to people to create powerful partnerships, but the the person who felt unworthy would never be able to send an email to an influencer or um, a, an author I thought was famous or something and say, hey, I'd love to partner with you on an event or I'd love to promote your book. Would you be open to sharing about mine? I wouldn't do those things as that struggling writer, but as a seven-figure CEO and thought leader, I would say, yeah, I would send this pitch. I would um, talk to companies about sponsoring my book tour. I would, and then I would just act as if and just that kind of, you know, fake it until you feel it idea and, and say, I'm going to just pretend that I have the confidence. And I love Mel Robbins, who I know is, is sharing and has shared on your show before, Joan. She talks about, you know, confidence is not a feeling. It is a skill acquired through action. And that's been such a game changer and is part of the science of getting rich for women, I believe, because we don't have to wait to feel confident. In fact, we probably shouldn't <laughs> wait to feel confident because confidence comes as a result, not before. And we wish it would. It would be much easier. But I think that, you know, then after we've released the beliefs, asking, what does this version of me what does this version of me do today? What are the three things? And then just start doing those three things because suddenly new possibilities, that one decision opens up an entire new reality, like sliding doors. You know, your decision to wake up tomorrow and say, I'm a seven-figure CEO, what do I do today? Opens up an infinite array of new opportunities that weren't available when we're going, oh, I'm struggling, there's not enough, I don't think mm -hmm. I'm good enough. And we can fake it. That's the best part. This works even if you don't believe it. So Sarah, we're talking about the work that we do on the inside, but there are some very real realities of what's taking place out there, mm -hmm. you know, a pandemic, um, financial instability. So yeah. is there still hope for making these types of achievements when we're facing all of that? It absolutely is. That's the most exciting piece that our success and breakthrough and growth in this area is actually independent of external story. It's not ineffected by external circumstances, but it can happen independently. What I mean by that is, you know, I'm one of 25 women that I feature in this book and interviewed who created the millions, most of us during the pandemic, which is really extraordinary when you think about women losing all this, right? But women are also, as you said at the very beginning, the ones who are contributing and creating the most new jobs and economic growth. That's what, that's what the new research is showing, which is really tremendous. And so what it means to be independent means that we don't have to let um, what's happening in the world and the economy dictate the ability for us to have a big financial breakthrough. How do we do that differently? It's the inner work like we've discussed, but also it's taking bold actions. And I remember during the 2008 recession watching some dumb like house flipping show, you know, one of these like, I don't know, it was some show about people flipping houses. And the thing I never forgot was one of these gentlemen who was featured in the show said in every recession or every economic decline or every challenge, there are people who thrive. And there are opportunities. That, and, I, and there's opportunities. And I, and I said to myself, I said, you know, Sarah, what you need to do is become a person who is that? And I didn't know how to do it. I was like, well, what is? What would I do? I didn't know how to do it yet. But I think it is a decision. Our decisions determine our destiny. So if every one of us decides 
no matter what's happening in the pandemic, I'm going to decide to be someone who's going to thrive and have a breakthrough now. That energy itself will start to, again, get our creative mind going, will start attracting to us, not by some woo-woo magic, but just because we're open. You know, we're thinking in new ways. And then I am a big action taker. I'm not one of these mindset people who's like, you can just think about your vision and it happens. I believe we absolutely match that then. And the science of getting rich women, the third part of the work is, is doing. It's the action. And so that looks like I'm a big fan of doing power 100s. I'll share this super briefly. But that means, let's say um, someone wants a literary agent for their book. Instead of sending it like I used to, three people getting rejected and then thinking my book is terrible. That was what I used to do. Um, terrible, terrible uh, strategy. Instead, say, I'm going to reach out to 100 literary agents. I'm going to reach out to, I'm just going to plan on it. I'm going to plan. I'm not going to make a story about it. I'm not going to look at rejections. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to focus on action, not outcome. And when we get into that momentum and that energy, this can be true for pitching a TEDx talk. It can be true for reaching out to investors for a company. It can be true for reaching out to clients that you want to work with you. In our company, we focus on plan for 100. Just plan on it. Then you don't even, you don't have time to freak out about one little rejection or keep checking your phone. You've got 100 pitches or meetings to set up or, you know, uh, queries to send out. And, and by getting into that momentum and that action, again, there's, um, there's a magnetism that sort, of, that sort of gets evoked. And in my experience, people that are willing to get into that 100 action, it doesn't have to literally be 100 every time, but by the time you get to 100 of something, you've created results. You just use, I mean, it's very, very rare I had, you know, that someone hasn't created a result in whatever that goal is with 100 actions. And you'll also create confidence, like we already talked about. You'll create momentum, and and new opportunities will show up. So I feel completely optimistic with what I'm seeing with clients and and in our business with what um, what can happen right now, not when we're done with the pandemic or in five years now. The book is The Science of Getting Rich for Women. If you'd like to learn more about Sarah and her work, you can visit sarahcannell.com. Sarah, in about 30 seconds or less, what's the takeaway? Your decisions determine your destiny. So today, let's decide to have the most powerful financial breakthrough that we've ever had individually and collectively. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. It has been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Jill. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.